0: Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. Our sleep story is the fifth chapter of Alice in Wonderland. This chapter is when Alice meets the caterpillar, and they have some very interesting conversations about lots of different things, like who Alice is. Before the caterpillar leaves, it mentions to Alice that the mushroom can help her to grow and shrink. One side does each. But before she can ask which one does which, the caterpillar is gone. But before we continue with our story, let's take a moment to relax. We can practice our deep breathing anytime or anywhere. But before bed, let's first turn down the lights, get comfortable and make sure that everything feels as it should. Now close your eyes if you'd like, and we'll begin with a few slow, deep belly breaths. Each time you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your belly. When you breathe in, be sure to breathe slowly through your nose. And when you breathe out, try to push all the air out of your lungs. Breathe in, breathe out. Notice how you feel when you take these deep breaths, how you get more and more relaxed with each breath, how the weight of your body sinks into the bed. Breathe in and breathe out. Throughout this time of relaxation and our story, thoughts of the day or the day to come may enter your mind. That's okay and normal. When they come, just try to return your attention to your breathing, to the story and music. Breathe in. And breathe out. Perfect. Let's continue with Chapter Five of Alice in Wonderland. Advice from a Caterpillar. The Caterpillar and Alice looked at each other for some time in silence. At last, the Caterpillar took the pipe out of its mouth and addressed her in a languid, sleepy voice. Who are you? said the Caterpillar. This was not an encouraging opening for a conversation. Alice replied rather shyly, Ah, I hardly know, sir, just at present. At least, I know who I was when I got up this morning, but I think I must have been changed several times since then. What do you mean by that? said the caterpillar sternly. Explain yourself. I can't explain myself, I'm afraid, sir, said Alice, because I'm not myself, you see. I don't see said the caterpillar. I'm afraid I can't put it more clearly, Alice replied very politely, for I can't understand it myself to begin with, and being so many different sizes in a day is very confusing. It isn't, said the caterpillar. Well, perhaps you haven't found it so yet, said Alice, but when you have to turn into a chrysalis, "'You will someday, you know. "'And then after that, into a butterfly? "'I should think you'll feel a little strange, won't you?' "'Not a bit,' said the caterpillar. "'Well, perhaps your feelings may be different,' said Alice. "'All I know is it would feel very unusual to me.'" "'You,' said the caterpillar contemptuously. "'Who are you?' which brought them back again to the beginning of the conversation. Alice felt a little irritated at the caterpillars making such very short remarks, and she drew herself up and said very seriously, I think you ought to tell me who you are first. Why? said the caterpillar. Here was another puzzling question. And as Alice could not think of any good reason, and as the caterpillar seemed to be in a very unpleasant state of mind, she turned away. Come back, the caterpillar called after her. I've something important to say. This sounded promising, certainly. Alice turned and came back again. Keep your temper, said the caterpillar. Is that all, said Alice, swallowing down her anger as well as she could. No, said the caterpillar. Alice thought she might as well wait, as she had nothing else to do. And perhaps, after all, it might tell her something worth hearing. For some minutes, it puffed away without speaking. But at last, it unfolded its arms took the pipe out of its mouth again and said, So you think you're changed, do you? I'm afraid I am, sir, said Alice. I can't remember things as I used to, and I don't keep the same size for ten minutes together. Can't remember what things, said the caterpillar. Well, I've tried to say, how doth the little busy bee? But it all came out very different. Alice replied in a very sad voice. "'Repeat, your old father William,' said the caterpillar. Alice folded her hands and began. "'You are old, Father William,' the young man said, "'and your hair has become very white, "'and yet you insistently stand on your head. "'Do you think at your age it is right?' In my youth, Father William replied to his son, I feared it might injure the brain. But now that I'm perfectly sure I have none, why I do it again and again. You are old, said the youth, as I mentioned before, and have grown most uncommonly fat. Yet you turned a back somersault in at the door. Pray, what is the reason of that? In my youth, said the sage as she shook his grey locks I kept all my limbs very supple by the use of this ointment one shilling in the box allow me to sell you a couple you are old said the youth and your jaws are too weak for anything tougher than suet yet you finished the goose with the bones and the beak pray how did you manage to do it In my youth, said his father, I took to the law and argued each case with my wife. And the muscular strength which it gave to my jaw has lasted the rest of my life. You are old, said the youth. One would hardly suppose that your eye was as steady as ever. Yet you balanced an eel on the end of your nose. What made you so awfully clever? "'I have answered three questions, and that is enough,' said his father. "'Don't give yourself airs. "'Do you think I can listen all day to such stuff? "'Be off, or I'll kick you downstairs.' "'That is not said right,' said the caterpillar. "'Not quite right, I'm afraid,' said Alice timidly. "'Some of the words have gotten altered. "'It is wrong from beginning to end.' said the caterpillar decidedly, and there was silence for some minutes. The caterpillar was the first to speak. What size do you want to be, it asked. Oh, I'm not particular as to size, Alice hastily replied. Only one doesn't like changing so often, you know. I don't know, said the caterpillar. Alice said nothing. She had never been so much contradicted in her life before, and she felt that she was losing her temper. "'Are you content now?' said the caterpillar. "'Well, I should like to be a little larger, sir, if you wouldn't mind,' said Alice. Three inches is such a wretched height to be.' "'It is a very good height indeed,' said the caterpillar angrily, rearing itself upright as it spoke. It was exactly three inches high. But I'm not used to it, pleaded poor Alice, and she thought of herself. I wish the creatures wouldn't be so easily offended. You'll get used to it in time, said the caterpillar. And it put the pipe into its mouth and began again. This time, Alice waited patiently until it chose to speak again. In a minute or two, the caterpillar took the pipe out of its mouth and yawned once or twice and shook itself. Then it got down off the mushroom and crawled away in the grass, merely remarking as it went, one side will make you grow taller and the other side will make you grow shorter. One side of what the other side of what thought Alice to herself of the mushroom said the caterpillar just as if she had asked it out loud and in another moment it was out of sight Alice remained looking thoughtfully at the mushroom for a minute trying to make out which were the two sides of it and as it was perfectly round she found this a very difficult question. However, at last, she stretched her arms round it as far as they would go and broke off a bit of the edge with each hand. And now which is which, she said to herself and nibbled a little bit of the right hand bit to try the effect. The next moment, she felt a violent blow underneath her chin "'it had struck her foot. "'She was a good deal frightened by this sudden change, "'but she felt that there was no time to be lost "'as she was shrinking rapidly. "'So she set to work at once to eat some of the other bit. "'Her chin was pressed so closely against her foot "'that there was hardly room to open her mouth.' but she did it at last and managed to swallow a morsel of the left-hand bit. "'Come, my head's free at last,' said Alice in a tone of delight, which changed into alarm in another moment, when she found that her shoulders were nowhere to be found. All she could see when she looked down was an immense length of neck, which seemed to rise like a stalk out of a sea of green leaves.' "'that lay far below her. "'What can all that green stuff be?' said Alice. "'And where have my shoulders gone to? "'And, oh, my poor hands! "'How is it I can't see you?' "'She was moving them about as she spoke, "'but no result seemed to follow, "'except a little shaking among the distant green leaves.' As there seemed to be no chance of getting her hands up to her head, she tried to get her head down to them and was delighted to find that the neck would bend about easily in any direction, like a snake. She had just succeeded in curving it down into a graceful zigzag and was going to dive in among the leaves, which she found to be nothing but the tops of the trees under which she had been wandering when a sharp hiss made her draw back in a hurry. A large pigeon had flown into her face and was beating against her with its wings. Snake, screamed the pigeon. I'm not a snake, said Alice indignantly. Leave me alone. Snake, I say again, repeated the pigeon, but in a more subdued tone and added with a kind of sob, I've tried every way, and nothing seems to suit them. I have no idea what you're talking about, said Alice. I've tried the roots of trees, and I've tried banks, and I've tried hedges. The pigeon went on without listening to her. But those snakes, there's no pleasing them. Alice was more and more puzzled but she thought that there was no use in saying anything more till the pigeon had finished. As if it wasn't trouble enough hatching the eggs, said the pigeon, but I must be on the lookout for snakes night and day. Why, I haven't had a wink of sleep these three weeks. I'm very sorry you've been annoyed, said Alice, who was beginning to see its meaning. And just as I'd taken the highest tree in the wood continued the pigeon, raising its voice to a shriek. And just as I was thinking I should be free of them at last, they come wriggling down from the sky. Oh, snake! But I'm not a snake, I tell you, said Alice. I'm, uh, I'm, uh... Well, what are you, said the pigeon. I can see you are trying to think of something... Uh, "'I'm a little girl,' said Alice rather doubtfully, as she remembered the number of changes she had gone through that day. "'A likely story indeed,' said the pigeon, in a tone of deepest contempt. "'I've seen a good many little girls in my time, but never one with such a neck as that. "'No, no, you're a snake, and there is no use denying it. "'I suppose you'll be telling me next that you've never tasted an egg.' I have certainly tasted eggs, said Alice, who was a very truthful child. But little girls eat eggs quite as much as snakes do, you know. I don't believe it, said the pigeon. But if they do, why then they're a kind of snake? That's all I can say. This was such a new idea to Alice that she was silent for a minute or two, which gave the pigeon the opportunity of adding... "'You're looking for eggs. I know that well enough. "'And what does it matter to me, whether you're a little girl or a snake?' "'It matters a good deal to me,' said Alice quickly. "'But I am not looking for eggs, as it happens. "'And if I was, I shouldn't want yours. I don't like them raw.' "'Well, be off, then,' said the pigeon in a sulky tone "'as it settled down again into its nest.' Alice crouched down among the trees as well as she could, or her neck kept getting tangled among the branches. And every now and then she had to stop and untwist it. After a while, she remembered that she still held the pieces of mushroom in her hands, and she set to work very carefully, nibbling first at one and then at the other, and growing sometimes taller and sometimes shorter until she had succeeded in bringing herself down to her usual height. It was so long since she had been anything near the right size that it felt quite strange at first. But she got used to it in a few minutes and began talking to herself as usual. Come, there's half my plan done now. How puzzling all these changes are. I'm never sure what I'm going to be from one minute to another. However, I've got back to my right size. The next thing is, how to get into that beautiful garden? How is that to be done, I wonder? As she said this, she came suddenly upon an open place with a little house in it about four feet high. Whoever lives there, thought Alice. It'll never do to come upon them this size why I should frighten them out of their wits. So she began nibbling at the right-hand bit again and did not venture to go near the house till she had brought herself down to nine inches high. And that is the end of this chapter. Sleep tight.